we're back. It's another session of PhD Divas. This is Liz. And this is Zain Yao. And we are both signing on as official PhD Divas. Which is to say <laughs> that I just graduated and Cornell apparently has one of the latest graduations ever at the very end of May, which is Memorial Day weekend if you're in the U.S. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And you're getting to listen in on our conversation as I let Liz know what my graduation was like. Yeah, I was so sad that I couldn't actually make it. Yeah. So I I need to relive this. And actually, we haven't even talked about it yet because you wanted to, to share it. So, <laughs> um, The raw immediacy of it. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, oh, guys, we ha- we're having a Kim Kardashian moment. In that um, way. Um, in the way that we're saving all of our best moments for recording so that lots and lots of other people who were not there can experience and share. Okay. I don't think I've watched I don't think I've really seen Keeping Up with the Kardashians, so. Oh, you don't have to watch it to know that's what she does. Yeah, that's that's true. I feel like I'm much more aware of her her general influence on culture than actually what the show is about or like Right. Better makeup. Right. And stuff. You know that or you hear when she does things that people kind of find um you know, like outrageous. Yeah, but anyway, but anyway there's it's Kim Kardashian, <laughs> and then there's me, who just earned my PhD from Cornell in English yeah. Literature. Mm, in that order? Okay. Yeah. All right. No nice ranking. transition. <laughs> I mean, like, she's making far more money than I'll ever see in my life, so who's really winning? True. That's another conversation for mm-hmm. another episode. But I am so proud to... to um, to say, because I know Zion won't, because she's so humble, um, that she was one of the PhD degree marshals for the Cornell 2016 graduation, which means that she was selected by her department, as well as the graduate school, to represent the School of Arts and Sciences, correct? um, The graduate school, so all PhDs. The entire, all of them, the entire graduate school, which means she was the top student. She is bad in the best sense possible. (laughs) Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll say it as many times as you need. <laughs> no, it was very, um, we also had this really sweet text exchange when I was telling Liz that because I suddenly had this, I guess, feeling of imposter syndrome to call back to one of yeah. our recent episodes where I guess I always thought it was honor, but then I went to this um, a session where we were learning about what our roles were. And it's like, oh, and if you're a degree marshal, that means you're like, you're the top people in our in your college. And then I was like, I texted Liz. I was like, Liz, I don't feel like I'm a talk top student what um, or something like that and she's like no you have to own it or something to to that extent and she was Liz has always been one of my greatest cheerleaders so yeah I kind of gave you this typical Liz response of um um which is sort of optimistic but also realistic pessimistic kind okay. of think I, I don't know but I, I said you said oh I'm the top student I'm not sure and I said you're the top student and even if you weren't, you were chosen by your, by your, you were chosen by multiple people to be the top student and to have this honor. And so if you don't believe in yourself, you need to believe in the people who chose you. Yeah. Which is, that you yeah. respected. So your advisors and other people. Um, and then it was, you were also being very cute because you, not cute. I don't like that word cute sometimes. But um, I was joking with you, and I said, well, since you're the top student, does that make me number two? 
and then you said no because we're partners so we're equals and then I said I appreciate the camaraderie <laughs> but this is all your this honor is all yours um you know as a friend I would not steal your thunder this is your moment so oh, it's a- uncomfortable but you need to be okay with being the best <sighs> have to have to own it <laughs> yeah but what was that like actually going through that um I think from what I remember from some other conversations, you started to really think about what that meant and how you could best represent, you know, your work and the work of others now that you have that platform. Yeah. And I think that what was very weighty to me was that obviously I'm being held up as a type of symbol of what the PhD is at Cornell for this year. Mm-hmm. And then it became really important for me to become more vulnerable because I'm in a place of relative privilege for the sake of those who are earlier in the program and for perhaps those who are thinking of it that like it's not like suddenly I just got to this moment of success like there hasn't been turmoil instead it's been really important to me to just to be very open and to disclose and be vulnerable about say mental physical health um the general struggles I've had as a as a woman of color as an Asian woman in my field and I did this for a number of venues, everything from um, after writing my dissertation, writing a paper that I shared at my department roundtable, as well as at an annual humanities colloquium that I organized at Cornell that was about, was ostensibly supposed to um, be about the position of Asia and Asians in black radical thought in the 19th century, which also became about how I think about my own relationship to um my other friends of color, as well as my position in the academy and my position to uh, different uh, racial intellectual t- traditions. On the one hand, so there's that, that more formal mm-hmm. thing where I was try- trying to like produce a sort of marriage of criticism with my own story of my investments as a scholar. Or how do I, and I don't think that we often do that very much. Like, why are we interested in things we're interested in? What's the yeah. personal investment? What also is the pr- price that we pay of as I was sort of t- telling Liz, like there's this disparity in my field, I think, between the fact that it's legitimate to write articles, write books on issues, say, of race and underrepresented minorities generally, but there's still such a gap in terms of the representation of actual bodies at a conference in a room exactly. when people are talking about slavery. And one anecdote I gave Liz was that, for example, at one conference when I heard, heard, learned about the first Chinese woman to come to America who was exhibited like as an object, basically. Mm-hmm. Her name is Afong Moi. It was at a conference where I'm fairly certain I was the only Asian person, much less the Chi- a Chinese woman. And definitely I was the only Asian woman, Chinese woman in the room when I was learning about this. Uh, so this, yeah. it was very strange. And yeah, very strange. Like I remember that because of that, um, like I, as our listeners may, may know, I like dressing very fashionably, but also with bright colors mm-hmm. and but at that particular conference, I felt like dressing in bike colors is also sort of like not just important to represent myself, but also like if I'm going to be so, such a visible body as one of the only and usually one of yeah. the few, then like I'm going to be visible anyways. I'm going to own it. Like I'm not going to be pretend right, to right. to hide. So that there's that. And also like on Facebook. It's definitely I, a growth process. Yeah. And I, I definitely and understand about the, the representation because I think that, there, I think that when you 
feel the pressures to represent because there's so few um, people from your background that in some ways you try to you don't want people to ever question what you're doing or why you're doing it and so you focus less on your personal narrative and try to rely more on your 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 CV you know like things that build your CV like your background like your um your education your how many papers mm-hmm. did you put out how many conferences did you do and you try to rely on that rather than you know why you do it and what you like and about your actual experience that you bring to it and so I think it's really always a good thing and a good moment when you can merge those two worlds because mm-hmm. it makes you feel more whole and and also helps people you know you become a better scholar in some ways when you can do that yeah and for me it was very much about how to since I'm now a senior person in my department who's has this amount of visibility like how do I model the type of scholar that I think others should aspire to how how do I best work as a mentor to so many undergrads and graduates um, to right. show that it is okay to be a whole human being to talk about and create a space where underrepresented minorities and people in general can can feel can feel safe. And it's an interesting microcosm because you did this at the end of your PhD. And I think it's so rare that people can actually do this, you know, when they first walk in the door. They, I think an ideal world would be one where they could, but, you know, there are definitely challenges. Yeah, like definitely I, I never had that really modeled for me. And so I sort of did it to you know, trying to enact the type of change I want to see in this world, mm. this strange little world of academia. It's so deep. And so you also not only did this in your speeches, but um, I'm kind of trying to lead into a really funny story, or not funny, but powerful story of when you were mm-hmm. actually walking, right? And so oh, yeah. one of the perks of being a degree marshal is you were also, what, seventh in line? What, what was yeah, it? the seventh person to enter the stadium. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to be on the Jumbotron. I was going to get televised. As one of the two PhDs who get to walk on stage to officially accept um, the symbolic, I guess, tre- tre- uh, you know, conferral of the degree. And so it's like, okay, this is another moment where I have this moment of visibility. What do I do when I can't, I don't have a microphone. I can't say anything. Right. What gesture can I make? So I was like, I'm going to make a political gesture. And so I decided to raise a clenched fist. I raised my fist when I entered the stadium and I also raised it after I, sh- I shook, I shook the provost's hand, um, and was on stage. Right. And yeah. oh my goodness. Um, I don't know if people can, but you have to see this, this gift that was made. It was so, it's so great. Just like three second loop of Zion raising her fists in the air. Like, so like, yes, you know, I can't hear you, but in my head, it feels like there's a yes that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because, for me, I did it as an act of political solidarity because, of course, the raised fist has been so important in um, in radical political movements, particularly, um, of course, in a black political tradition. Mm-hmm. But okay, and I, of course, it was read very differently for different people. Like some people were like, "Oh yeah, we saw you like raise your hands um, in victory," mm-hmm. whereas other people like saw like, "Oh, I know that you were doing this as." as a specific gesture. Right. Which is um, interesting. Cause I don't think, um, if you were black, I don't think people would have even thought that you were just being victorious. Right. Like think about the West true, point women, true. you know, it would yeah, have but, automatically been, uh, that's political. <laughs> true. That's very, tr- that's so true. Like there's a privilege that I have as an Asian 
Asian North American woman that my body isn't read as being political in the same way as that a black right. body is. Asian so women are political. This... They're just exotic. We're exotic. We're <sighs> passive. We're quiet. That was sarcasm, by the way, people. I do not believe that. <laughs> oh, so yeah, yeah. Just in case it was not not readily apparent. I mean, maybe or black like... people can't be sarcastic. We can only be political. So. No, or also <laughs> I was thinking, of course, that, that famous famous image from the Olympics um, uh, when the two athletes athletes raise their fists as well right yeah that did not go well for them yeah and so like i come at it from a position of privilege but also one of solidarity while recognizing that as a non-black person of color right perhaps i could get away with some things and because but because i can get away from things i have to leverage that privilege for others and hopefully just letting other people know like I'm 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 an i'm an asian woman this was political. Let me tell you. That's true. Cause like, I guess another way to think about it is not just cause it's PhD degree, degree Marshall being held up as a symbol, but you could read it as this continuation of seeing Asians in North America as model minorities. Right. Cause like, mm. Oh, I'm seen as model minority, but also it's like, I'm just like a model model minority <laughs> because I'm like the model for the PhDs that getting PhDs at Cornell, like, Oh, this modeliest of the model minorities. It's a lot of pressure sign. I guess so. I only just thought about it. I was like, wait a second. This is something that I've been like also, because I was a TA for Intro to Asian Americans. So like, this is something we talked about all semester really intensely, but somehow I forgot that I'm somehow also a part of that. The student, uh, the teacher has become a student. That's very true. It's, it's never, never not true. This and of course, is, yeah. like the, yeah, the model minority being a very anti-black construction as well. Yeah. So again, it's like, how do, how do I use this moment as best I can for others? And I, of course, it's not perfect, but no, but you tried. Yeah. And you made some good friends with the other PhD marshal. Oh, yeah. This is super awesome. The other PhD marshal is Paula Vogel, who has an extensive Wikipedia page. I urge you all to check out. But she got her P- – well, she was doing her PhD here in the 70s in theater. But this was during the time of the so-called culture wars where people were fighting about whether or not it was even legitimate to, like, study, like, gender or or – race in the academy and she wrote her dissertation on feminism and because she refused to change it they kicked her out they gave her 24 hours to leave oh my goodness pack her stuff and leave wow yeah it's kind of hard to imagine so, but not but kind of yeah <laughs> and it's like obviously like decades later since then like she said like initially like she really struggled make trying trying to make ends meet on the most basic level but then she set up this mfa program at brown she's doing for decades and then it was also a chair at Yale um and play playwriting and has like won OB awards like tons of different awards she's been so celebrated her wow. her wife also and Foster Sterling is like this really renowned uh scholar of gender and I was like damn and this is the other PhD degree marshal and the other one is me yeah <laughs> so <laughs> but hey. basically the, the reason why she's getting it now is because like Cornell was finally like okay we have to make make things right and obviously the things have changed because like I could do a graduate minor in, in feminism, gender, sexuality studies. My, my advisor was the former director of the feminism, gender, sexuality studies program. And so finally I'm officially giving her degree now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cornell, we see you. It's a really important we gesture. See you, Cornell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Like, and also it was really fantastic. I told her about how I had this idea that I wanted to make this political gesture. And she's like, I'm going to follow your lead. And that's what happened. So Following I had a, I, lead. Look, a leader <laughs> to the very end, a leader to the very end. 
closer. Um, <laughs> but it was awesome. We talked about like all these queer comics, uh, comic comic books, and about the academy and about plays and all these other fantastic things. It was a real privilege to be a degree marshal next to her. And like having a great person to sit and talk with the whole time because yes. as a degree marshal, I also had to sit on my like in this special area where I was going to be separated from the other PhDs. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to be sitting there all alone. Hopefully, there's going to be Wi-Fi. Yeah. Also, I mean, while it's an honor to walk in first, I, you were part of the special committee, and then the PhDs walk yeah. in first. But that also means you have to wait for everyone else to get in. That's very true. And so like, you have a lot, of, a lot downtime. of downtime, and those robes are beautiful, but they are hot. And oh, so God. that was one of oh, the God. things that for me, so actually I, so Zion, I did things kind of out of sync. I actually walked before I defended where Zion defended and then walked. So I walked last year and one of the, and it was cooler. It was actually like great weather. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> sorry. And what really made the day just really special was who I was with. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to see people that I had walked with, that I started my PhD with, and doing that journey with them, and then now we're at the end. Like I just, it made me very emotional, and it made me so happy. You know, just you see people walking up because I think at first you just kind of gather around and you wait for the procession to start, and we're just looking at each other in our robes and taking pictures. And of course, we're in the stadium. We're just like having the time of our lives. Really, it was so much fun. And really made it special, you know, like no one else in the world could have been there in a way, but having them there, having like mm-hmm. my friends there that I've been through so much with that you can just look at them and yes. not have to say anything, you know, you look at them and they just know, you know, like that is sad because we're now that we're kind of all scattered in the world now, um, I can't just look at them, I can call them, but you know, but it was special, it was a very special moment. Definitely. Oh, one thing I also hadn't mentioned, hasn't mentioned yet. It rains. <laughs> it was like really God. hot. And then it rained. Like as we we're waiting, like these gigantic drops like came down and we ended up all being completely soaked. Wow. Which is kind of good. Really? Then, like, I didn't know that actually. Said, like, oh yeah. It's just like rain. There's thunder happening. <laughs> it was very exciting. What was nice is they also, they, they truncated the ceremony. Cause so rather than having like every single degree individually, they're like, May all the people gathered here today have conferred upon them the respective degrees in <laughs> fulfillment of their um, appropriate requirements for their specific call. And, like, it was hilarious, but also, like, it was so great because, like, it could just cut a lot of the pomp and circumstance down. Yeah. Oh, you know, I bet the like, vet school was sad. Oh. They usually have great props. Oh, they well, they still they still did. Like, they did have their, like, giant, what, milking gloves or whatever, yeah. inspecting gloves waving in the Those air. Those are milking gloves. Okay. Those are gloves that you I put on all the way up to like your past your elbow so you can stick your hand in the cow's anus. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. They came or prepared the for any, anything. Yeah. Or you could do artificial. Yeah. Those are dirty. Yeah. <laughs> but they keep you clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was really awesome. Um, I, I don't know. For me, like, like the rain made sure that it wasn't as hot but also made things very memorable. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty happy about it. Like we got completely soaked, but it was like very equalizing because everyone got soaked. Right. Graduation is yeah. like the actual ceremony. I, I hate them because so as a kid, I always hated church. I was raised Christian and I just 
the idea of sitting in one place for like hours while people just do the pomp and circumstance because I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Uh, so I, I just kind of have this thing against ceremonies and um, mm-hmm. graduations have definitely been this thing where I just either I didn't enjoy it or I enjoyed it during. But if someone had given me the option, I probably would have skipped them all together. But then I'm always glad I kind of mm-hmm. did it sort of a little bit, you know, for that three moments of that, that when I enjoyed it. Um, I don't, so it's always weird for me. And I remember even for this graduation, I kind of felt blah about it. The actual process being with my friends. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was great. But the ceremonies just made me feel weird. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it's not personal. Yeah, and it's long, and the speech doesn't make any sense. And um, yeah, I, I guess I hate the speech part of it, about it, but it was it was good. And obviously, my family came, and and that was really fun. That was also what was great. It's like, again, I'm so glad that so many people in my cohort decided to walk, even though they haven't defended yet, because we got to be all together. But we got to meet each other's families, got to meet like. Um, so Liz and I have a mutual friend, Jose Rios, who's in biomedical engineering. Yeah, I met his family and they like made food for us several times. Like their food, um, is amazing. And now I understand why he kept on complaining about there being no really good Mexican food here. Yeah. Like I always knew that wasn't great, but like it made, now it put it into Mm -hmm. perspective. Oh, Jose, I'm so proud of him. So (laughs) last year, as a funny story about having my friends meet my family, and um, it wasn't until that moment I really realized I have a lot of male friends, people that I'm actually, Mm -hmm. I consider myself to be very close to. And so when I introduced them to my family, you know, I was, I was hugging some of them and saying, Hey, like, you know, Jose was one of them. I said, Hey, here's Jose. Um, I love Jose. Like he's really friends. We're really great friends. And you know, like mm-hmm. we're both GRFs, right? So we live in the same building. And then I was joking. I said, Oh yeah. And we live together. They flipped out. They were like, who is this? You live with this man. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 we don't live together. We, we work in the same building. They're like, we've never heard of him before. Oh. Um, and so like I introduced him to them and Ming-Chi and Kirk and then after they all left my parents my family was like you're not dating any of them you seem awfully close to them like no we're not no these are just really good friends (laughs) but um, I told the guys about it later on they were you know like their confidence went up to have all these you know black women saying they would if they were like 20 years younger (laughs) I was going to say, in terms of talking about the guys getting all puffed up, um, when I saw mm-hmm. Jose and JC um, yeah. on the on the quad as we were making part of the procession, and apparently, like, some woman came up to them to ask for directions and I think found out that they were both, like, PhDs in biomedical engineering, and then he's, like, she, the woman turned to JC and was like, oh, my, I have a daughter here. She's very beautiful. <laughs> and he was basically trying to sell her daughter yes. to to them, and they're like, uh, and they, the guys are just joking, like, oh, every time we go out on, on the weekends, we should, like, wear our PhD robes to pick up women. Pretty much. They're both in that relationships, but, you know. <laughs> You know, I'm actually surprised that doesn't happen more often, that mothers don't, and fathers even, don't intentionally go around, like, who's single? Because this is a great pool of people. I guess so. I mean, there was that controversial article yeah, years ago, the Princeton mom. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking uh, about that, too. I know. I was like, oh, uh, the point of higher education is to find yourself a man. Uh, 
Uh, Obviously, we didn't do very well. We just came came out with our degrees. <laughs> oh my god, Zion, that was painful. Oh, I'm sorry. My goodness. No, it's fine. Um. Um. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> so. <laughs> graduation's great. I'm glad I did it. Um. Very, um, very weird for me because I don't like ceremonies, mm-hmm. but I kind of didn't want to regret not doing it. But really, I just wanted my family to be, I wanted the people I love to be in the same space and kind of acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really need the ceremony for that, but I, you know, like they they want my parents want to see the ceremony and everything yeah like it's important more for the people who love us than for us perhaps. and the robes were great and well or terrible rather <laughs> they're so hot and oh well, yeah for your graduation and... for me it was cool it was it was really yeah. nice and you know when i was a student i actually would go to the graduation ceremony so there's a not the main one but the, my department would have one mm-hmm. and i would kind of support my friends who were graduating, but also it was always inspirational for me. And I remember I would talk to the DGS and, and I'd say like, Oh my goodness, in a year or so, that's going to be me. And just kind of thinking about what that would feel like and being so happy for my friends. And so that was really great to kind of be at that moment that I really didn't think I was ever going to make it to, Mm -hmm. or I I knew it was going to happen. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. Yeah, to everyone listening, I mean, everyone's going to have their their own journey, but yeah, we we empower you to do what you need to do and have to get to some moment of resolution and closure. That could be graduation or something else for you, right? Yeah. Are there other cool things we talk about? Shiloh was in town. That was oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, what was also great is like, not only am I graduating with friends in my departments, obviously friends like Jose who are in other other departments as well, but a lot of undergrads mm-hmm. I know are also graduating. Like, for example, our beloved friends Olivia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that we joke. She calls me her Asian mom, mm-hmm. um, and Olivia's black. But I guess that's the thing that needs to be to be said. <laughs> And I, she call, I call her my adopted daughter. Yeah. Olivia has a thing of... But it, no, I'm not going to get into it. But Olivia is a very hilarious person, and she means a lot to me, and she's one of the students that I've really gotten to know. And being able to share the moment with her was really fantastic. I got to meet her mother. Her mother actually approved of me. Her <laughs> mother impressive. actually complimented me. I know. She says her mother very rarely compliments anyone. So I was like, damn, I got, I got that approval. Yeah. Yeah, for me, um, what was I going to say? So I couldn't make it to your ceremony, but I actually text messaged. I congratulated a lot of the undergrads I worked with when you were graduating, and it was really interesting Mm -hmm. the response I got back from them. Um, So still being able to connect with people and, you know, let them know I was proud of them and really excited for their next chapter and, and, um, it's really interesting sometimes the role that I have for people in their lives mm-hmm. and kind of realizing that in some ways they still need it and then some people don't still need it. Either way, it's fine. But 
I was really happy that I got to share with people in their moment and see them move on, see them graduate. I also say that <clears throat> it's also, again, so bittersweet for me because there are so many friends, so many communities I'm leaving behind here at Cornell. I really hope I'll have that again in the future because my time here is really modeled for me what I do want in my in my future life, this academic community of so many undergrads and grads and faculty mm. across disciplines. And you really feel like you can contribute in a substantive way to, to for people's lives. Yeah. And one thing that I thought was really sweet is um, I found Emily Dong, who's a sophomore. She actually wrote a song for oh, me. Oh, that's so nice. I know. It's called Song Resign. I like it. I like it already. <laughs> Yeah. I haven't heard it, but I like it. I know. It's, it's really cute. I should, I should send it to you. It's really fantastic. But, yeah, our friend Emily is a, a wonderful undergrad at Cornell who's really politically engaged. She put together, the agent, uh, along with her other friends, uh, the Agency and Solidarity Conference mm -hmm. at Cornell. Yeah. Um, she's been really passionate on building coalition between Asian, um, Asian Americans and Pacific uh, Islanders at Cornell and other, yeah. other student groups. You know... But she also plays the ukulele and composes songs that are fantastic. So, yay, Emily. Yeah, Emily. I'm still thinking about what I want to carry away from my Cornell experience. I sort of hoped that having, I, I mean, I left, I've been away from Ithaca since October, and I was kind of hoping that that this time would help me, like, come to some sort of closure consensus about it. And um, I still haven't come to anything, actually. I was going to say in the more literal sense, I'm literally taking away the baton I had for yeah. the degree marshal. That's badass. Which is car yeah, carved out of walnut. And I guess it's very symbolic, but also looks a little bit like a chair leg. That's better than the other analogy um, we've been using. So. Yeah, which maybe we can't say. I think we can say whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. This is ours. No one's censoring us but ourselves. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess maybe that's what it's going to be. I'm taking away my degree, my physical papers, and, <sighs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I still have something against you. not saying bad things, so, which means I say nothing. Oh, uh, Yeah. Well, hopefully, maybe someday we can get to a place where we talk about that. But, <laughs> but that's all. I don't know. No, I, 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 okay, this is too, too incoherent. I know, right? We're like, not even speaking English. We're just like anymore. flailing, flailing around things. Let's let's just say that, even though Liz and I, obviously, are both at Cornell, we may have had very different experiences. Yeah, and I guess that in itself yeah. is important to share that. You may have yeah. left your PhD glowing, or not even, not that the whole time is glowing, but that at the end you can be reflective and, you know, have this proud space and want to recreate that. Or you could have something where you are, like, in gray area and you're happy you graduated, and, but you don't really know. Like, you're yeah, still tired and exhausted and from the whole thing. Yeah, and I hope that our listeners can can read into that, because I think that's also really important. Because even though, in my position of of privilege, I've been trying to be vulnerable about the hard times, but like there's some things that 
maybe some of us we can't still talk about yeah publicly at least oh i wanted to bring something funny up um so since i selected by the grad school i was also selected by them to take part in this video for the 2016 graduates and i saw finally saw the video when it up they did not use any of my visual (gasps) footage i think they just they just used my voice and i was like i was like a little bit like salty about that a little bit insulted yeah, I was like, oh, so like Neil, there's that joke. It's like she really has a face for radio, <laughs> and, and I was like, is that, well, is that what it is? That that is true. I was also wondering, like, a lot of the people who were, were also featured, like, weren't really wearing makeup, whereas like maybe were there like, other that Asian was women not, there. Like maybe no, I I don't think so. Mm. So that that was a bit disappointing, but maybe like. Like I was like wearing my my bright pink lipstick, my winged liquid black eyeliner, I'd highlighter on, you know. Like I just went all It'd be out. Weird and, if that actually matters. Or maybe it doesn't look wholesome. It would be, but it would be. But like I, I mean, like the cynical side is that this sort of video is like about a certain type, way of promoting the face of the university, and it's interesting to me that like in some ways I was acceptable as a face, but like in this case, literally my face was not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> So that's sort of a weird I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I guess basically guys should be happy. Everyone should be happy that we're doing a podcast and like not a video series. So you don't have to look at my well, terrible Well, I'm face. happy because we can record and wear whatever we want. <laughs> that's, that's very true. You don't have to worry about looking perfect. You, you guys what have I'm no idea right now. What, what yeah. we're actually doing. <laughs> Things we get away with. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note um this is our sort of graduation wrap up um as you guys reflect on your graduation experiences actually feel free to share um what your stories might have been of graduation things you might have remembered you can email us at lizandsign at gmail.com also you can send us messages on any of our social media platforms phd this podcast on facebook and twitter and um we'll Catch you next time. Sign? Yeah. Love and yeah, love and solidarity with you guys. Um everyone, I hope you enjoy your summer. Oh, we should also mention that in case we haven't already posted this, we're gonna be going to um an ep- rather than we're gonna be switching from our weekly schedule to yes. an episode every two weeks to give us a little bit of break over the summer. But hope you still listen and like like us. Because we, we like really you. <laughs> Anyways, this is, this is Dr. Dr. Sorry, no, I can't do that because you didn't do doctor. Oh, you yeah, do it again. Oh, wait, no, I should, I should say it. Okay, obviously it's been really, uh, sorry, one thing that we neglected to bring up, it's been really important for women of color in the academy to be called doctor or professor because it's so often they're seen as being younger or less accomplished. And so it's a point of pride and really, I think, importance, not just for us personally because we earned it, but for this whole community of women of color academics. Signing off, Dr. Zanya. Dr. Liz Lane. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>